0: Welcome to The Bitcoin Zodiac, the podcast that explores the intersection of finance and astrology, where we use a combination of spirituality and logic to help us connect the dots in the market. Hosted by Corinne Florence and Claire Maronen, who both come from a diverse background, bringing with them a wealth of knowledge and experience in the realms of astrology, cryptocurrency, trading, philosophy, investment strategy, and of course, Bitcoin. In each episode, we explore the economics of the markets following the evolution of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies through each moon cycle and astrological transit. Join us on this journey as we explore the intersection of these two worlds that are often thought to be at odds with one another, finance and astrology. Whether you're a seasoned crypto investor, a day trader, or just starting to dip your toes into the world of Bitcoin and blockchain, the Bitcoin Zodiac is the podcast for you. So sit back, relax, and come and expand your consciousness with us as we explore the world of the financial markets through an astrological lens.
1: Good morning, good evening, how are you? Good evening, how are we doing? How are we feeling? Oh, I'm doing so good. Welcome to Leo season. (laughs) It feels really good, huh?
2: I love Leo season. I am a bit of part, obviously, being a Leo. (laughs) It's like, it's like the sun, it's the warmth, it's that like fire, let's go and have fun and be sassy about it energy. And I love it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's juicy as well. Like I seen a lot Mm. of these sort of like, you know um i guess iconography of of leo's of course about the lion and everything like that everything that comes with that but i also feel like leo season is really juicy like it's like figs dripping in honey kind of juicy i love it
2: oh i like that because not gonna lie i actually thought at first when you said juicy i was like yup here comes everybody talking about the drama that leo <laughs> brings <laughs> And I was like, juiciness in terms of drama, yeah, just a little bit. I like to call it sh- extravagant. Um, but you know how every sign kind of has their pros and their things to work on? Yeah, um, light
1: and shadow always. It, it, but wow. I saw a thing, I saw a post on Instagram about Leo season, and they had said everything is cinematic. And I like that. I think it's like less, it's not just drama, but it's like
2: cinematic. I love that. I like it. I really like that because you know, like when you're little and you go to all these tests on like based on your birthday, what career are you going to thrive in? Like <laughs> on Facebook. <laughs> and I always got like, oh, because you're a Leo, you're like celebrity and like an actress. And yeah, I mean, I think I did drama at school for a semester and I I was not yeah not for me
1: (laughs) i love it i love it and we're also coming into the aquarius full moon well tomorrow when you guys listen to this will be the Mm -hmm. aquarius full moon and also corinne's birthday let's go (laughs) birthday happy happy birthday we all wish you (laughs) the best birthday
2: and the most amazing year ahead oh grateful for you yes let's Let this be the next best 365 of all my fellow Leos. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I love
1: love Leo season as well. I mean, it's my rising sign. So it's like, you know, it's mine and Bitcoin's rising sign. We share that.
2: I was just thinking that. I was like, you're like Bitcoin with your rising Leo. And I'm like Ethereum with our son in Leo. Yeah, yeah. I love it. it. There you go. Ethereum and Bitcoin
1: we're aligned yeah I mean there's a lot of things that's been happening um and there's a lot of astrology coming up like that's that's definitely um that's definitely happening but since our new moon in cancer what have you been feeling what have you been noticing coming up
2: yeah I feel like it has been and we spoke about this last episode that you know I think cancer everybody's like oh emotional and I'm like yeah, like it really has brought up the emotions, but it's really cool. Like, I feel like now that I'm really, and the more I embrace astrology, the more I understand where, you know, the planets are in the cosmos, I just really now can tap into that feeling. And so I'm loving, or I have loved the, okay, here come the emotions, embrace the emotions, feel it like the sensitivity is such a powerful thing. And I think, especially as a woman, I think even at, for men, but especially as a woman, just tapping into that sense of that sensitivity and those emotions and those deeper feelings that personally, I have kind of struggled with my whole life mm-hmm. um, because society, because, generations before me tell me that, you know, oh no, like toughen up. No, it's been really nice to just be like, okay, let me just feel and just be and just sit in it, not be stuck in it, but just sit in it and, and swim through it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: I, um, I definitely resonate with that because I think as a child, like the biggest criticism that was, or the not the biggest, but the most often criticism that was leveled at me was like, you're too sensitive. You need to toughen up. You need to learn to take a joke. You need to, you know. And it's so funny. As an adult, I really feel that like my sensitivity is my superpower. And I do so much work around like becoming more sensitive, more intuitive, and allowing that to come through. And, um, yeah, I mean, cancer is my north node, so that is like my life journey. Um, and wow. usually cancer season is really like tough for me because it's a battle that I'm trying to like open up and feel more and lean more into the feelings. But this year I feel that it was really powerful and it was really beautiful. and I I was able to really accept and integrate that part of myself, of, of own that. like, yes, you are too sensitive, but that's your superpower. You know, um, and so sort of like even integrate that like child, quote unquote, childhood trauma, um, you know, that I that I really felt that was like handed down to me. But I think that also the people that were saying that to me, you know, were concerned because they I think they were raised, you know, in a time that like, if you were too sensitive, then the world would crush you, you know? So um, I think it's also recognizing that and sort of accepting that too. Right. And so, yeah, I had a really beautiful cancer season. I I really enjoyed it. And again, like you said last week, it was like, it's really recognizing that how, like allowing yourself to feel actually really takes courage. And it's like the things that we associate with strength, like, you know, being tough and being, you know, oh, that's a strong person is that actually comes from a place of weakness and defensiveness. Mm -hmm. And it's like in that defenselessness is where your sort of strength lies, like allowing yourself to feel everything, allowing yourself maybe to even be hurt. But knowing that you can recover from that, like there's so much strength in that. And yeah. um,
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, that's really what, you know, this whole us stepping into like Saturn in Pisces and, you know, even the Aquarian age, it's like we have shifted away from that and more and more, you know, it's stepping into knowingness of self Mm -hmm. and feeling and healing healing is such a big word that just keeps coming to me and it's like as if the uh, the age of aquarius is about healing and understanding and letting go of those old paradigms that yeah like what we used to class as tough what we used to class as strong wasn't the actual definition. And that was just almost a running away from things and not facing things. And that's why it does take courage to step within, to look at these things. And it takes a lot of courage to heal. Um, And I feel it's very aligned with the astrology that we are going through. And, you know, as we repeatedly say, it's just... The time for transformation, 2023, is transformation. And I feel Mm -hmm. like that really starts within. So cancer season was a really great time to to look within and to go through all of that. And now, you know, um, Leo, the ruling planet of Leo, is the sun. And what does the sun do? It shines. It emits. It brings out... um, Whatever it is that we worked on, now we can bring it to light and mm-hmm. share it with the world. Yeah,
1: yeah. And um, I think also like in terms of manifestation, something that came up for me, um, you know, during the cancer new moon was really, you know, I, I guess I've been doing this for a long time in terms of setting intentions is more like, you know, yes, you can set intentions around physical things, physical manifestations. I'm, you know, I'm not against that. I believe that everybody should manifest everything that they want in this physical realm so that they can kind of get beyond that. I definitely lean into that side of things, but really what you're wanting to manifest is actually what that's got the feeling that that's going to bring, like whether it's a new job or a new relationship or, you know, a new house or whatever it is, a vacation or something, whatever it is that your intentions are, it's really like looking at what that's going, how that's going to make you feel. And um, so it's, you know, I think the Cancer New Moon really brought that up for me as well as like, you know, what's the feeling behind the thing? And lean into lean into that, and letting the the sort of physical reality sort itself out. Just being really aligned with how you want to feel as well. And I think coming into Leo season, that's really important because it's really about expressing your authentic self as well. So it's like um you know it really represents like even with like my mine and Bitcoin's rising sign, like the rising sign is all about. Um, how you present yourself in the world and so it's it's wanting to make sure that that's really authentic
2: yeah I I love what you just said about manifestation and it's so funny because on my threads what I've been threading lately has been <laughs> has been so much around manifesting and I don't know if this maybe has to do with it or just there's a magical link but like I just want to share like, for example, I know Bob Proctor, one of Mm -hmm. the greatest mentors in all time, in my personal opinion, and that really made a big difference for me. He always said, you know, the feeling is the secret. Earl Nightingale would say the feeling is the secret. Napoleon Hill would say the feeling is the secret. And that's what the secret is. It's about feeling. And as we've now stepping more and more into, you know, I think everybody's starting to, not everybody, but a lot of people are awakening to, yeah, manifestation is real. It's not this la la land fake thing, but it's literally using the laws of the universe to our advantage to create something, whatever it is that we can see in our mind, we can then hold in our hands. And so everything starts from our mind, from our feelings and from our feelings and our thoughts then we can bring it into this 3d realm and it just begins with that and so many people for the longest time have struggled to to feel um and i just have here what i had threaded you know um intention plus faith plus action equals manifesting And it's just what you said about setting that intention, feeling into that intention, Um, obviously having faith. And I feel like that again is when we have the feeling of, yes, things can be created. They can be realized. They can be brought into the 3D. Yes, it's going to happen. And then, of course, the feeling of taking action because we need to take action. Otherwise, things don't come to reality. Um, And that's how manifestation is created.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, I think manifestation as a word was sort of given these kind of new agey connotations, but I actually believe that we're manifesting all the time, whether we recognize it or not, like we are co-creating our world. And, um, you know, whether it's like saying, well, I don't believe in gravity. It's like, well, great. Gravity doesn't care. (laughs) <laughs> that you don't believe in it you know? and so it's like you are you're always co-creating and so it's it's just much better to sort of be aligned to that and to to be navigating that in a direction that you that feels authentic to you
2: yep no I fully 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 agree and so yeah I'm excited for you know a lot of the things that we've all been feeling mm-hmm. to that we hopefully put clear intentions behind because as Clara just said we are always manifesting whether we like it or not it's always happening so hopefully if we put some clear intentions we really tapped into that feeling and now Leo season is going to be perfect to bring it to light as well as you know we spoke already about the past sessions about um, Mars right now being in Virgo and this is just such a good time to like take massive action and use that energy to to create Mm. yeah
1: yeah absolutely and so we're recording this on the night of the 24th in america the morning of the 25th here in thailand and um but you guys will be listening to this um the day before the full moon in aquarius and so i kind of wanted to talk it really ties in with manifestation and this realization of manifestation but i wanted to give some idea around the age of Aquarius, because we're having a full moon in Aquarius on the 1st of August. And, um, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about what, you know, people have probably heard, you know, the Aquarian age, the age of Aquarius, and what does that actually mean? Like, when does it, when did it start? How long does it go for? And what does that actually sort of mean for the world? And um, really, the age of Aquarius is also referred to the age of air because aquarius is an air sign and um it really is a pivotal time for society so we're moving out of the place we've moved out of the piscean age which is the the, water sign and we're moving into um the air sign um of aquarius and it's a pivotal time for society um and it's really characterized um By a collective shift in vibration and we've already seen like a lot of stuff um, moving in that direction and Aquarius energy really promotes connection innovation and societal evolution through technology and collaboration so Corinne I noticed you also posted something recently about um, you know competition is so old like it's about collaboration like we we always succeed more and we do more in collaboration it's like it's like multiplied people think that when you collaborate it's like an an addition but it's actually more a multiplication um of energy and a magnification of energy
2: and um yeah and so that Mm -hmm. transition sorry carry on No, you're right. I just wanted to add in there that, yeah, you're Mm -hmm. absolutely right. Like Aquarius really is this, um, it is a sign that represents community. And I find this so interesting and maybe you're about to go on onto this, but Mm -hmm. Aquarius is the opposite sign of Leo. Now Mm -hmm. when we have two opposing signs, they have a special kind of like energy and duality but between each other right so like for example we've spoken in the past about shifting from the north node um into from taurus into aries and how now the south node is in libra which is its opposing aries Mm -hmm. is libra is we now it's interesting here with leo and aquarius because aquarius is so community 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 leo is more about self so I feel like that's something to just keep into consideration as well as we go through the Leo um season and for the Leo seasons that are to come while we're going through the Aquarian age. Yeah, absolutely. I mean it's it's always about balancing that as
1: well. And I think, you know, we see so much, we see a distorted version of Aquarius as well, very much so, where it it, you know, it's attempting to promote community but it's sort of like this enforced mass mediocrity across the board is sort of what's trying to be imposed like through socialism or communism or you know those those sorts of ideas is sort of like forcing people to be quote unquote equal but that's sort of actually not really what Aquarius is about that's sort of an an immature I think expression or a surface level expression of Aquarius, because really it's it's bringing that balance of Aquarius and Leo, whereas Leo is about the self and Leo and Aquarius is about community, but it's like, it's establishing and embodying the true authentic self so that you have something to add to the community. So we make up that community by embodying, you know, self-actualizing and coming together as a community and collaborating in that way, rather than sort of denying the self and just saying, oh, well, we're we're all just the same. We're all just, you know, hold hands and sing Kumbaya. That's not really, you know, adding to, that's not actually cultivating true community and true collaboration. So I think there's always that balance to keep in mind. And I think we're gonna see more and more of that challenged um through the um throughout the Aquarian age for sure.
2: Yeah. And it's funny how it's like, well, I don't know why I still say it's funny or it's weird or it's surprising because it just is, thank you, astrology, how you know it's it's just these reoccurring themes that we Mm -hmm. continue see arise all around the world. Um, you know, with countries starting to move more and more into becoming socialist countries, which I'm still really trying to understand the difference between socialist and communist, honestly, but um <laughs> I have to define that on another episode properly. Um, but you know, it's just these reoccurring themes everywhere. And to look at it um on a more positive perspective because i feel like it can get dark really quick um Mm -hmm. look at seeing as it's the sun season um focusing on the light um you know i and i think this is what you saw me post like i love the idea that it's so much more about collaboration than competition i love sure. like even from an entrepreneurial perspective like it's all about like who can we collaborate with who can we share our powers with like everybody's superpowers working together to just create so much more and expand. And I love that. Like, I feel like I grew up with such a competitive nature, because that's kind of like what was expected, um, I guess. And maybe it's also my Capricorn moon. But (laughs) um, and then I just remember, like, as I got older, I was like, i just want love and light and happiness and i just want all of us all, like all of us to win because there's just so abund- so much abundance for everybody um mm. so i love that we're stepping into that i love collaboration i love just everybody winning and abundance
1: yeah and i think we we bring out the like best in each other as well like that's how we're designed and you know i'm really interested in human design as well which i'm not sure if our listeners are familiar with as a practice or as a as a technology as an idea but really the basis of that is really understanding your own human design and leaning into you you know how you're to express energy and operate in the world and if everyone was was working to their design then we would have harmony rather than trying to say this design is the best way and everybody needs to fit into this design it's accepting like that there are different expressions and all of us working together um creates like in our differences creates just a much more cohesive prosperous abundant world and um so my hope is, you know, my, my hope is leaning towards that. And I think, you know, the Aquarian age is sort of, is going to bring us into more of a realization of that, of the need for that. Or, you know, we're, we're driven by incentives. Human beings are driven by incentives. So when we see the, the incentives of that, um, and the good of that, instead of being like, I've, it's a dog eat dog world, and I've got to get ahead of everyone. And I've got to, you know, walk over people to get what I want. When people see the incentives that actually can really, you know, expand what, what you want um, by collaborating with other people on what they want as well. So I think that that's, that's something that I'm really looking forward to during the Aquarian age. I think it's becoming more and more prevalent as well.
2: Yeah, but um, I, I feel like I hear more and more discussions, you know from people being like, you know, as we've spoken about on here, it's like, it's not so much even money, but it's about energy exchange, and equal energy exchange. And that's why money is an energy. Money is one of the most powerful, most highest vibrating energies that there is, because it all comes back to energy exchange. And so I hear more and more people talking about or maybe you know, it's It's me starting to notice it more and people talking about like, you know, let's create these communities within our wider communities where we all benefit each other, help one another, work together. Like I even remember my mom telling me about this. I think it was an Indian community. Um, back in Australia where we lived and they were just these families and you know one was a builder one was a lawyer one was a doctor one was a dentist and they all just like worked together like there wasn't even money exchange but it was Mm -hmm. just between one another they just knew that they could collab together and I hear more and more of this I mean even as you know there's rising awareness about potential food shortages and if there was to be a cyber attack, you know, what would happen to the power grid, et cetera, et cetera. And the more that people I think are even becoming aware of that maybe potential scenario, never say never, um, mm. that people are like, yeah, you know, let's get land and like you, you know, have the chickens and you have the cows, and like that this might sound extreme to some people, um, but in other circles, this is just their day-to-day conversations um and i feel like that wasn't happening that long ago so yeah just interesting just a reflection as we're we're talking about this aquarian age it's cool yeah
1: yeah absolutely absolutely and the aquarian age um is debated between astrologers when when it actually started so Um, some astrologers believe that it started in December 2020 with the conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn which are the two largest planets in our solar system and this meeting happens every 20 years but only once every 800 years in Aquarius and then other astrologers um, suggest that it starts on um, started on the equinox um, on March twentieth, twenty twenty-one, in the northern hemisphere. So, it is debated, but it's around that time, and it will last for approximately two thousand one hundred and sixty years. So, we can <laughs> we can be flexible on a couple of months as to when it started. Um, so we, for the rest of our lifetimes, we will be in,
2: in the Aquarian Age, which uh,
1: I find really exciting because I love it. But
2: um, uh, buckle up, ladies and gentlemen, we are here to stay. We are on the roller coaster. (laughs) Yeah,
1: absolutely. And when you put it in that time perspective, you can kind of see oh, wow, we're only just dipping into this. We're only just starting this now. And there's already been a lot of very Aquarian age happenings um, already, sort of, since that time. But, you know, regardless of the specific timings, the current energetic shift is really transformative transforming society and individuals worldwide so when it last occurred in the 19th century it prov- it proved to be a time of um you know revolutions in technology industry and government and these are all very like aquarian traits so yeah i think we've already started to dip our toes into that but um i think there's there's just so much more to come than we can actually even imagine um and i think if you think about it before you know life before industrialization you know i don't think people ever envisioned how we would be living now and no. um you know that was just like way beyond their scope so if we can sort of keep an open mind to that to realize like i don't my mind doesn't even have the context for what we're going to be walking into and that's i i always want to view it in a really positive way you know because there's always going to be positives. There's always going to be some scary sides of that and some weird things for us to navigate and some dark things for us to navigate. But I prefer to just like step into the exciting part of it. You're not going to slow it down. You're not going to change it. So, um, you know, jump on that wave and and pivot yourself to really um, like prosper in this time and also just enjoy the ride as
2: well. Ah. Uh-huh. Exciting times to come. We are definitely just at the beginning. Um, I'm very excited to see for what's to come. Oh, my God. We have so much to talk about, like Twitter turning into X. I just, yeah. that's Me because every time that I think Aquarian age, technology, AI, I'm like Elon Musk. <laughs> <And> <laughs> that's like my brain wire and like where it goes, my neuro pathways, and I'm just like, literally like there's just so much to come so stay tuned and all I can say is just embrace it just embrace it and focus on the positives and all the beautiful things that it's all bringing us
1: yeah and again it comes back to that idea of you know it is all about um, you know it really is about collaboration and contributing to society and fostering this like sense of oneness and love but it's also about each person has this unique role to play in shaping society and contributing their own individuality and and you know being valued for their offerings so it's sort of like you know we're we're kind of um, creating frameworks that value everyone's contributions like that's really what the aquarian age is about And um, I think technology is sort of allowing us to do that as well. Like I even think of, you know, I mean, I literally trade Bitcoin and gold for a living. I sit in my bikini and I trade Bitcoin and gold for a living. Like 10 years ago, that wasn't, you know, that wasn't even possible. Um, And so it's like all of these sorts of different kinds of things and opportunities are, are going to present themselves and open up. Um, for a lot of different kinds of people you know previously if you wanted to be a trader you needed to be sitting on a trading floor in New York or London and um, you know moving through that now I can sit on a beach somewhere and and do that same job because of the innovations in technology and that's very Aquarian age.
2: Literally like it's so wild that we get to live this life like i remember when i quit my corporate job and i was like yup gonna be a digital nomad now and i just traveled around for three years literally no home it was like airbnb to airbnb and just started creating this whole life i remember everybody around me especially you know parents generations being like what are you doing you're crazy like why would you leave your job and like how is this possible and like what are you doing and like how do you make money and it's it's so new like still this concept is so new to so many um but it's so cool that we get to do this and you were listening to this please know that it is possible for you too so make the most of all of this technology that we have in front of us, it's yeah, amazing. and I,
1: I think that's in any industry as well. It's like you know, you see a lot of people now pivoting. Obviously, we've we've talked a lot on the podcast about the introduction of AI, and it's just like, yes, there are you know, people are so focused on like, is AI going to take over humanity? And I'm like, look, before you get to that point, it's like, how in my current industry do how I work how can ai you know strengthen me you know expand things for me like how can you use this technology in whatever industry you're in to be to assist you and to expand you because that's where you're going to sort of like lean into these things as they as they open up and they're just like it's moving so quickly it's expanding so quickly so um yeah there is a dark side of this of course there is but like our our job is not to um you know, is, is to stay in the light, you know? And, um, and that's really like, I heard this phrase, which, which I thought was really, I don't know, poignant to me the other, the other day. And it was someone who was talking about like seeking truth. And he said that one of his mentors had said that the goal is not actually to seek the truth, but it's to seek out untruths in your own life. And immediately, like, disregard them so instead of trying to find quote unquote the truth all the time which you're never going to do it's just recognizing untruths and rejecting them straight away so i just thought that that was like quite interesting so it's like limiting beliefs that come up for yourselves it's like when you recognize hey hang on a second that's like something that's not serving me is it even true it's an untruth it's like working to reject that in your own life as soon as possible And with that move, you know, as you move forward through rejecting untruths and, you know, disregarding limiting beliefs, you will then find your truth or become closer and closer to truth.
2: That's so beautiful. I really love that. It's such a different perception point. Um, And we're always trying to seek the truth always. Or I personally feel that. So take a step back and, and, you know, it's like, and I feel like. I got this message the other day and it was like you it's it's really like coming to the end of a time of like restructuring and this restructuring time has really been like instead of always adding, adding adding to your life, what can you remove? And when you remove it like creates space for the new to come. And I just thought that was really interesting um that you said that because I literally just had that really similar message come through last week so Mm, adding we're always, always stuck on adding and searching for the truth instead of removing and untruths that's really cool yeah absolutely
1: and and that's really what this full moon is about as well so it's like the Aquarius full moon you know brings this inspiring energy that You know, emphasizes uniqueness, individuality and evolution, Um, you know, innovative thinking, humanitarian concerns and then group collaboration. So it's really releasing anything that doesn't align with that. And, um, you know, Aquarius governs the collective consciousness, societal norms and group dynamics, really influencing how we interact and perceive the world. So, you know, during this Aquarius full moon, you might find yourself more drawn to investments or ventures that kind of align with your desire to contribute to the greater good. Um, So, again, we've talked a lot about, you know, Bitcoin, um, the truth about, you know, what Bitcoin really is, why Bitcoin was created. It's not just this like get rich quick scheme and this, you know, like looking at it in terms of U.S. dollars. And it's like, no, we're really it's it's this you know vote for sort of trust um tr- trustless system and transparency and you know we talk a lot about in the bitcoin community we talk a lot about this sort of philosophical side of things of unbanking and you know banking the unbanked and um and all of those sorts of things that really you know have been a byproduct of the fiat system you know people who have really been disadvantaged due to living under this fiat system but at the end of the day bitcoin is also just a better technology like it's better and so it's like you know you may be more drawn to dig into the the reality of bitcoin and what it really is if you've been sort of thinking oh yeah well i you know i've heard people invest in this and they made money that's not that's such a surface level view of of what bitcoin is and so maybe this aquarius um full moon will sort of dig deep like encourage you motivate you to dig deeper and sort of like release those superficial ideas of what bitcoin is and maybe like align more to the fundamentals
2: yeah yeah, that's so true. I, I love that. This is actually also, I was just seeing, it's also a super moon. So mm-hmm. essentially just what a super moon means is that it's like, um, it's really, really close to earth. Like this is where the moon orbits closest to the earth as possible, meaning that we're really going to, really going to feel that. And the things that you were talking about, you know, we already started mentioning when we were talking about. Venus being in in Leo and with Venus being in Leo it's really about like bringing out the reality of like what have you actually like fallen in love with bitcoin for is it mm-hmm. because you've understood the technology behind it the decentralization aspect the power to the people aspect the the freedom aspect of bitcoin Or have you fallen in love with the greed, with the making money, with the, oh, I just want to like make a quick buck and what's going to be the next 100x coin in crypto, right? And we're actually, as of yesterday, which is 23rd of July, based on when we're recording this episode, we went into Venus retrograde, Leo. Mm -hmm. And did you happen to notice how we finally broke 29500 mm-hmm. for Bitcoin? And we were there waiting. We were there waiting for this period. We were like, is Bitcoin going to make a decision? We were really waiting for this new moon in Cancer as well as the shift of the North Node into Aries being that kind of I was seeing it as that that chance to break above. And mm-hmm. it just didn't, Claire, like it just didn't break above. It tried. It really did yeah. try, but it just didn't. And um, we actually had, so on the 22nd of July, we had the moon starting to shift into Virgo. And if we recall, and when I've mentioned this on this podcast a few times, when the moon goes through Virgo, Bitcoin does not like that. yeah. And historically, that has been, you know, downside movement for Bitcoin. And so that was kind of like the trigger on the 22nd of July. Um, And by the 24th, we had Bitcoin break below that 29,500 and just really continue down. And that's exactly also when we stepped into Venus retrograde in general In general, I actually want to talk to you all about Venus in retrograde and how this is such a fundamental thing for financial astrology in general. Um, We have to always think about how Venus and Mercury, apart from the moon, of course, are the two planets that are closest to the Earth. And so, you know, we often talk about Mercury retrograde, right? Right which is also coming up there's so many retrogrades coming up oh boy mm. um but we would you know we always talk about mercury retrograde mercury retrograde and why mercury retrograde comes up so often or why we talk about it more than venus in retrograde is because we experience mercury retrograde more frequently than we do venus retrograde so yeah. venus retrograde if anything, is just as powerful because it's Venus, it's connected to money, which for financial astrology is really important. Um, And this happens about every 18 months. So as of 23rd of July, we stepped into Venus in retrograde. Um, And when Venus goes into retrograde, something occurs around it, not always in the middle of it or through it, sometimes before, sometimes after, but around this period of time, we also experience something called a superior or an inferior um, conjunction with the the sun. So let's kind of break these down and go through these, because I feel like these are really going to prepare us for what's to come with with bitcoin specifically in price i mean now we've seen a breakdown so all right we're coming down um and i don't think that we have seen the bottom yet now of course we have the full moon first of august so as you guys are listening to this you probably have already experienced or continue to experience this downside movement with venus in retrograde um but the venus inferior conjunction with the sun of course happening in leo is coming up on the 13th of august okay so take note Mm. of that now what is this and what does this mean now essentially the superior and inferior conjunction of venus happens when earth and venus and the sun are all aligned, like they're all in a straight line. Now, you guys can even Google this just to like search for an image, maybe for clarity. But essentially, when there's an inferior conjunction, we see, the, we see Venus in the middle of the earth and the sun. And that's what we're about to experience. Instead, when you have a superior conjunction, it's the sun that's in between Venus and earth. So with this inferior conjunction that we have coming up, the Venus is in the middle of the sun and the earth, and they all go in a straight line. Now, I don't know if you know this, but apparently the Jewish have something called the morning star. And I'm Christian, so I'm not 100% sure about this. This is just from my research. Um And apparently a lot of the Jewish actually use this, the morning star, um, which is very closely associated to this Venus inferior conjunction. And it's essentially when Venus is shining so bright that from earth, it looks like a star, right? Mm -hmm. Why am I saying all of this? Because let's think about institutions. Okay, now we know that a big part of, the market movers are institutions. And we already see this inside of Bitcoin USD as a pair. And that's the main pair that we're always looking at, right? Because we're always looking at what is Bitcoin in relationship to the US dollar. Now, through my rabbit hole searching, <laughs> institutions use astrology. Institutions use key things happening in the stars to move the markets and one of these key ones is this morning star right so on the 13th of july i'm not saying that it's going to happen exactly on that date but around it what we can expect is uh, some very significant move of the market If you actually go back and backtest the superior and inferior conjunction with the Sun of Venus on Bitcoin, every time or majority of the times that there is an inferior conjunction, price comes down really fast. And when there's a superior conjunction, price moves up really fast. Mm. so it's really interesting to see this um again i i have back tested this um and you see it happen over and over again now not every single time i have caught some times that it's just kind of remained in a consolidating period um but just looking at the overall astrology and what's coming up i do feel like around this time we're gonna see some significant move down for bitcoin Um, which is interesting as well, because what we're really going to be doing is shifting from the full moon and typically would be heading up towards a new moon. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's right before it. Like we have the 13th of August, the Imperia conjunction, and then on the 16th of August, so only three days apart, we have then the new moon. So I'm thinking and feeling like it might just kind of, consolidate around there and then after the new moon the new moon in leo on the 16th of august from there that's kind of where their trigger happens and price starts to really go down uh towards the full moon in the next full moon in pisces so um that's a key date to keep in mind venus in retrograde is so long we're in retrograde venus until till like the 4th of september Mm. it is it's all of august and historically as well august is not a great month for bitcoin yeah real even though it's it's rising sign um you know you would think fire and positive vibes for you know to ignite and bring about more you know price movement in bitcoin or up upwards movement for Bitcoin, um, I feel like it's a period of time where a lot of people go on vacations, it's holiday time. So they're taking their, they're just taking their profits or taking, you know, money out of maybe their crypto to use it to their holidays or for their holidays. So it's really an interesting time. Um and I don't see it being that positive. That's my, my kind of take around Venus. Um, and then as I mentioned, we also have Mercury retrograde coming up after that. And pre-retrograde period starts from the 3rd of August. So in two days' time from for our listeners, you guys in two days' time when you're listening to this, It's going to be already pre-Mercury Retrograde. And again, as we know, Mercury Retrograde just likes to shake things up. It's where you can expect the unexpected. Um, And Bitcoin, I don't know what you've seen, Claire, but personally, I feel like I see pre-Shadow Mercury Retrograde affect Bitcoin more than actual Mm -hmm. Mercury Retrograde. It's interesting to see.
1: Yeah, Uh, it is is interesting. And these two sort of retrogrades as well, I think are very much combined, you know, to me, they're very much together, because, you know, Mercury retrograde is very much about communication and intellect, and so very much about the mind. And um, Venus is very much about the heart. So we've talked about this um on this podcast several times about this heart coherence this heart intelligence and this coherence between the heart and the mind and so i think um you know a lot of people are very familiar with mercury retrograde and it's like causes problems in communication and travel and technology and you know things kind of go wrong but it's not that it's it's just more that it can it's like a confusion um with communication and things like that and confusion with the mind um and so if you think of that in terms of the venus retrograde it's that for the heart you know That's so why it's I'm like, laughing. yeah oh <laughs> so, boy yeah. yeah it's it's both so it is interesting and yeah look bitcoin is is funny because i you know like i said i think on our last episode or maybe the episode before I really sort of felt like if we didn't consolidate above 31, 32, then we were going to be pulling back. And, you know, it really had a, you know, it had a go, an effort to try and, you know, take those levels and claim those levels. But it didn't quite manage to do that. So, you know, as I said, on previous episodes, I felt that if it wasn't going to consolidate around 31, 32, then we were going to be coming back into the 20s. So we have seen that. And um, I think what's interesting about Bitcoin or something that I've observed, I haven't, haven't really, you know, thought this through. um, So I'm reluctant to share it entirely. But what I've noticed over the last couple of Weeks or days is the conversations that I around Bitcoin, you know, that I have with people. Obviously, I have this podcast, so people do know that I'm interested in Bitcoin. But when people talk to me about Bitcoin, there is this sort of illusionary quality around Bitcoin I've noticed because people still have this idea of Bitcoin as like, oh, it's really risky and it's a scam and it's a you know crypto is a scam bitcoin is a ponzi scheme and you know these kind of things and when i hear people talk like this i'm like really are we still are we still there Mm -hmm. like people still think this because to me there's so much information out there about Mm -hmm. what bitcoin really is and what bitcoin's real purpose is and you know, the technology of Bitcoin. And, and, you know, there's, there's really the ability to have the understanding of that. But I think that there, there seems to be this sort of illusionary veil around it, that people don't dig deeper, because it's not, people don't come to this conclusion of like, bit you know, that they don't like Bitcoin or crypto, in fact, that it's, That because they've done their research, they know fully what it is and they still are like, no, I don't like it. It really is literally, I heard a a news headline uh, that said crypto is a scam and crypto is dead, Bitcoin is dead. And that's what I've gone with. And it stopped me from researching any further. And i really noticed that with a lot of people is that that's where they stopped. They heard the headline and that's where they stopped. And it used to really frustrate me. And I used to be like, you got to read the Bitcoin standard. You've got to, you know, all of these things. But now I kind of just come from a place of gratitude because I realize like, wow, I have the ability to see beyond that veil. Like I've been, I see that as a gift that I've kind of been given that ability to see what it truly is and beyond that veil and I'm not someone who's really like super in denial in the cult of bitcoin I think there's a huge evolutionary path ahead of it even according to its own birth chart and its own astrology it's not a done deal there are ma- you know massive oppositions and battles to be fought um and you know and different different things to occur i don't think it's like bitcoin solves every problem in history You know, I'm not naive in that respect, but I think that there is a lot of illusion around, you know, and deception around what what Bitcoin actually is. And I think that there are, you know, people who have been, you know, we we've been given the opportunity to see beyond the veil, for whatever reason that is, due to our own spiritual evolution, our own conditioning, deconditioning, our own upbringing, has allowed our minds to be open enough to see beyond that veil. Whereas I've realized. That not everybody has that ability. And um, so yeah, so recognize that as a gift. And I think that's why we sort of see this, this stagnation a little bit as well, because and how you see it pullback. And I think it's an interesting sort of correlation with, you know, Leo season, because it's all Leo season is really about like living from the heart, you know, mm-hmm. is living from your whole heart. That's what Leo really stands for. And it's all about, oh, yeah, so it, 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 it really is. You know, it's leading from that. Mm. And, you know, Bitcoin rising sign by rising sign, your sun sign. It's all about that, like living from your whole heart, but it's living authentically. So it's mm. like, I don't think, I think Bitcoin will see its expansion when people start to buy it for, you know, buy into it. Whether it's in an ETF or not, physical Bitcoin, we, of course, always prefer to buy its, you know, actual Bitcoin, not, um, you know, not a derivative of Bitcoin and self-custody. But I think it is about like staking its claim, its authenticity. That's what's happening at the moment is it's like coming through this um this veil of illusion like it's not a speculative asset it was never designed to be that like great that it goes up in u.s dollar terms we all get excited by that but that's not who bitcoin is you know that's not the essence of bitcoin it was created for very specific reasons and um you know i hope our listeners are like prompted to really explore what that is more so you know more than just what
2: it says on the charts you know literally and you know we said it last episode i believe that you know uh there's there's an illusion here especially with saturn in pisces um it's like what's the the lesson to be learned for these next coming years and you know it there's this illusion and the illusion and the trick for me is that we continue to compare bitcoin to the usd or to anything mm-hmm. and that is the illusion um and what you were just saying about You know, we continue to say that around this Cancer New Moon that we had, there was just a decision to be made. And it was really about the people. It was about the people choosing. Will they fall into faith or will they fall for the illusion? And the faith for me was really this, yes, truly believing and understanding in crypto and in Bitcoin and really what it is that it is that blockchain and decentralization really is bringing to us versus the falling for potentially the fear for the old and staying in the stuck and the stagnant. And, you know, these old Capricorn and Pluto Um, energies that we're trying to break out of and I Mm -hmm. really feel like the Bitcoin USD chart really shows what the decision was and I did feel like this had everything to do with the launch of Fed Now so Fed Now was officially launched on the 20th of July Um, kind of funny because I actually read something uh, somebody that I know shared it with me um, that I think within like 24 hours, the sites were already crashing. They like weren't working or something. And I was like, yeah, this just goes to show it's old technology that we keep trying to like fix problems with rather than actually coming to new solutions. But I digress. Um, and, you know, Fed now, I, I really feel this strong urge to even let all of you guys know that even though there is speculation around is FedNow a CBDC, is FedNow blockchain, cryptocurrencies, and the U.S. government, well, really the Federal Reserve and the banks bringing in crypto and blockchain technology to create this new um, digital currency, it's not. From my level of understanding, from what I've researched and understood, It just isn't. It's just an agreement, a payment method um, that makes transactions between banks faster. And there's a massive list of U.S. banks and credit unions that have agreed to become a part of this. Now it does get pretty dark when you go and read into it and understand that. They're only in phase one launch. There's all these different phases of them launching Fed now. But if you go through and start to read the phases more and more, it does say like, yeah, it does turn into controllable and programmable money. They can set spending minimums, spending maximums. Could they eventually go and set expiration dates on your money? Yeah, they can. So this concept of CBDCs, which are central bank digital currencies, could absolutely, you know, be brought on and, and implemented by Fed now. So is it kind of the perfect on-bridge to CBDCs? Yeah. Is it currently as of you know 24th of July 2023 while we're recording this? No, not at the moment. And also a lot of people continue to connect it with xrp now even there from my level of understanding there it's not a hundred percent is there talk about you know fed now even you know other banks around the world starting to use xrp as their potential key blockchain for their cbdcs yeah. It's a lot of talk, um, and that's what you know. I think will bring, continue to bring XRP to the upside. Um, no financial advice, but at the moment, Fed Now is not directly linked with XRP. Um, I believe a lot of the the companies that actually went and created Fed Now. Um, and the technology behind it called, or the certification, I think is the right word for it, called mm. ISO 222. I don't know. I don't remember off the top of my head. I feel like that company is very associated, or those companies are also working with XRP. And so there's a lot of intertwining one with the other, but it's not just XRP. Yeah. You know, it's um, Hedera, it's all of these other. You know, I call them the elite cryptocurrencies because there, there's some powerful people behind a lot of these projects. You know, XLM, et cetera, et cetera. They're all there yeah. and, and connected, but there's no definitive anything. So, as of right now, it's all speculation. But just coming back and circling back, the people really made their decision for now. For now as of this very moment and that's what's reflected in bitcoin's price. Yeah, and
1: there'll there'll be some interesting things coming up over the next couple of episodes as well because I mean we have certain things as well like that like Zimbabwe is launching a gold-backed CBDC. Um mm-hmm. you also have the BRICS nations summit um that Mm. I think it's on the 22nd of August, and they're expected to announce at least their cross-border payment system. So some people think that they will announce a gold-backed BRICS reserve currency or some kind of system to enable um, cross-border payments as well. So there's a lot of moving parts in this. And yeah, I think it's very interesting. I I think that The thing that I find fascinating with the whole XRP kind of conversation is, again, sort of a a very – what puts me off sometimes. I think that XRP will be something important and definitely is tied with, like, the IMF, with governments and things like that, Um, definitely has those kind of connections. Um, But whenever I, you know, talk to anyone that's very, very into XRP – they can never actually explain to me like how it's how it works, like how it's going to happen. You know what I mean? And this is such (laughs) a red flag for me always with in crypto. It puts me right off is when someone says, yeah, but just is it's going to be amazing. I'm like, yeah, but but why? Like, I always want to know the mechanics the technology behind it that you know how you've come to that conclusion rather than you've watched a youtube video and someone's told you it's going to go to the moon like this doesn't interest me in the least you know um this this side of side of crypto you know and so that's one of the things is that i i think is interesting and look i think there is obviously there is technology behind this there is a process behind xrp but um I haven't investigated it enough at all um, to really have a definitive answer. But I do always think that that's a red flag when people say to me, yeah, but it just is governments are going to use it. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? How are they going to use it? Well, how is it fit in? You know, um, and, you know, again, that's one thing I always say about the Bitcoin community is they always have the technology and the mechanics to back it up. Like this is why what you know okay well what happens if this happens okay well this is how you know bitcoin would respond or adapt or how it fixes this or whatever um whereas i have never seen that from the xrp community it's always just like it's going to be big wait for it to win its lawsuit right. it's going to be something and i'm like okay cool let's get to the te- technicalities of this now um so i'm interested to see how that unfolds as well you know and yeah. um, yeah Yeah, xrp
2: army xrp army you guys got to get your facts straight
1: (laughs) yeah exactly you're very passionate we get you know you're very passionate no doubt but um like let's let's like understand the technicalities of it before you start saying that it's going to be the reserve currency of the world because i'm i'm not quite sure about that either there's also things that are you know I think it's more about cross-border payments right that's what the that's what the use case is for it
2: yeah I think I think like I just know that and I haven't dug deeper because a lot of just what I started reading about XRP and understanding about it just really like goes against my values and that's for me, it was kind of like cool red flag next. Do I trade it? Do I know, you know, you look at the astrology and see when it's going to pump. Sure. We're going to do it to, you know, then essentially go and stack our sats um, and just take those profits for more Bitcoin. But um, yeah, I, I feel like there's a lot of just an alignment um and like you said it's just really the cross-border payments and that's why I think a lot of um, there is a lot of speculation around will a lot of these countries be implementing xrp as part of their um, Cbdc you know systems so
1: yeah and I think the argument for that also is that the like the World Bank also has something like I think it's called an SDR. not Mm. entirely sure I'll have to look it up for our next episode and look a little bit more deeply into it but it's like you know they have their own sort of like mechanism for this um it's not just like you know well we're gonna we're looking for something new they they have their own mechanism so it'll just be interesting to see i think how it plays out but again i'm the same as you when i started sort of looking at at xrp the alignments you know with digital id and you know all of these kind of things that you know digital um medical data you know all of these kind of things Um, that lead to more of like government control and more centralization just didn't really appeal to me. So I've never really looked that deeply into it. So we shall see how it plays out. I definitely think it's going to be something important. It's astrology shows us that it's going to be something important. So interesting to, to watch out for as well.
2: Yeah, definitely. And you know what this whole talk also made me think about and, you know, um, to our listeners, this will have already passed, um, but we do have the interest rate hike this Hmm. Wednesday, um, which will be the 26th of July. I love that
1: you're already calling it the interest
2: rate hike. <laughs> oh because no, I, I actually also, just say that out loud Oops. Yeah, yeah
1: it's so funny because i also think that that's really funny because it, you, we have an fomc meeting on, on wednesday thursday, thursday for me but like um i also think that they will raise interest rates as well like yeah, 0.25 up. i'm
2: yeah. expecting yeah yeah and you know what that normally means um is a whole lot of volatility um do i feel like we're going to continue seeing a push up in usd because more people are going to be and a, a decrease in bitcoin i do think so because more people are just going to be taking out their bitcoins um to to have liquidity and to be able to pay um for what it is that their normal pays would be or their normal life would be. Um, You know, I I always like to zoom out and come back to kind of like the the bigger cycles that we're seeing. Mm -hmm. Um, And just during this period, even though it is, I think like we're preparing and preloading and towards the end of the year, you know, things are going to start looking more positive again. I just really feel that this is going to be a little bit of a a more difficult time for people. Um, and that's why I also think the interest rates are just going to continue being raised for now. Um, and Bitcoin's price for now will, we're going to see it come down, which, hey, I'm not complaining about. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy exactly. with that.
1: Stay humble, stack Sats. And um, the... I think it's also I mean, the, the fact that like this, the stock market is pumping as well at the moment. And so they'll, you know, there's there's reason. That's sort of what I'm looking at as well. I expect them to raise rates this time around, um, even though they paused last time. We could be completely wrong. They may pause again and not not do yes. anything. But I I don't think so. I think that the stock market running so hot is going to. um is going to give them incentive to, to slow things down a little bit. And also I think it's very interesting to note that we have mercury, which is the sign of communication and perception, Venus, love and romance values and desires and Mars, which is war, action, aggression, and conflict all in Bitcoin's second house, which is the house of money, trade and interest rates so um you know we have that all coming together um so yeah so all of that in um coming together in bitcoin second house i just think is very interesting as well during this time something to touch on and to be aware of
2: Yeah, yeah definitely that's so key um and it's that's where that's where the shakeup is right now. And we have Uranus, natal Uranus on the complete opposite side of that, of uh, of the chart, like as in like it's opposition over there. So I find that so just interesting. I'm mm-hmm. like we said before, just buckle up because <laughs> it's just going to be, I think a really, really interesting time. Um, if, you know, as of this, Uh, full moon we haven't already come down closer to you know that 25k psychological level um i do feel like it's going to be a whole lot of consolidation until that next new moon on the 16th and with the venus inferior conjunction with the sun on the 13th that might then be the trigger to really push price down and you know um Claire, I shared with you recently a class that I did um, with another educator, and you know, mm-hmm. we—he was explaining to us the fact about if the institutions, if if more like BlackRock wants to get in, do not think that they are going to be buying Bitcoin at thirty thousand yeah. dollars. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. again. Why do I do the whole spiel on Venus and the the morning star and the Jewish and the institutions and all of that is because they still do move the market even within Bitcoin. why? because they they're in there <laughs> They're in there even though we don't have Bitcoin ETFs yet. Um, there's a whole lot of institutions in there and they do have the, I'm trying to think of the right word, the power to move price down and create, once again, more fear. Um, I remember, if I'm not mistaken, when we first started recording these podcasts and probably one of the first episodes, we were talking about a retail trap around 30K. Mm -hmm. And I think there it is, like we've seen it. So they want to continue pushing price down interest rates up (laughs) so that they can get their hands on more Bitcoin. Um, And then, ta-da, will be the announcements of the ETFs. And then that's when we can see the big influx of volume come in and really push to new all-time highs. But, you know, that's 2024 at least, I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I also think that, I mean, we've said it before, say it again, you know, 2023 is not like a fun, exciting, all-time high kind of year. It's really, really choppy. There's a lot going on, both in the macro, in the macro of the macro or astrology. Um, There's a lot of battles being fought behind the scenes and a lot of um, there's a lot of friction and um, it's really not until 2024 that we really see some, some room for takeoff, I think. Um, that So we've always said that this 2023 is really this year of accumulation, transformation yeah. personally and the world and um, accumulation, I think, in terms of Bitcoin and also education like it's really an amazing time to to start learning about these sorts of things like I I do think I don't know I kind of lose respect for people that don't think that crypto is is the future because I think it's like that's kind of so obvious like whether you like Bitcoin whether you want to invest in crypto whether you want to trade what if you want to have nothing to do with it that's okay but I think you know blind man Bartimaeus can see that like crypto in some shape or form will be the crypto and blockchain is you know where we're going in the future so now is the time to really get educated like i had that revelation like when i read the bitcoin standard initially i was like you know what i can either choose to learn about this now or i can be forced to learn about it in the future and i think that's really what 2023 is all about it's like you know how how are you navigating this are you going to be in charge of this and riding that wave or are you going to be dragged along by the the undercurrent of it and um not be not be in control
2: amen absolutely and you know we have this year i want to bring it just a little bit of numerology in 2023 we go and add those numbers 2023 that equates to seven. Seven in numerology is actually a really big number of like intellect as well. So for example, people that are born on the 7th, the 16th or the 25th, um, you know, typically they actually are very, very highly intelligent people. Um, and so in numerology, you know, the year of number seven is a whole lot of learning of lessons of accumulating even that knowledge. And then next year, 2024, 2024 is number eight. And number eight is the number of money. It is the number of, of abundance if you flip it around it's literally the infinity sign um so that year is just going to be such a key year not just in crypto but you know as we spoke in the 18.6 year cycles it really does look like a key year of just stepping into abundance for me it was like i just saw this like stepping down on the gas and like making the car go like click the accelerator um and so that's really what's coming next year and maybe to kind of start coming to an end for this um mm. episode but i know we were talking just before about you know another really key number eight that's happening on the eighth month
1: (laughs) yeah we've got our line. I was it's so funny Corinne we're so so aligned because I was going to (laughs) say why don't we finish on something pretty positive with the Lionsgate portal um yeah and so that's the 8th of August and um The portal actually opens from the 26th of July to the 12th of August, but it's the most profound day is on the 8th of August. And um, it aligns the earth, the sun, and the star Sirius, also known as the spiritual sun. So ancient Egyptians celebrated this event as it coincided with the rise and the overflow of the Nile River, bringing abundance and fertility. And um, so the Great Sphinx is believed to hold open the portal allowing this transformative light codes to reach earth and humanity so it's pretty cool it's pretty mystic yeah and so it just brings us higher frequency vibrations really facilitating the expansion of human consciousness into this new dimension of existence and um the 8th of august is really considered to be the galactic new year um and the day when the transmission of knowledge from the galactic center and Sirius is the strongest. So it offers an opportunity for deep, deep ancestral clearing and healing and releasing of old patterns, ancestral trauma, limiting beliefs that are passed down through the generations. So conscious awareness during this time period, um, really helps you shift um, your condition patterns and embrace your truest expression. So, um, but it is also, people get really excited about these like very profound dates. And um, oftentimes it's such an influx of energy that actually people feel really um, unwell, like headaches, migraines, um you know, just feeling very, very tired, because it is a big influx of energy to integrate. And you want to integrate these light codes, you want to integrate them to the best of your ability. So really focusing on clear, like, I'll be clearing that day, I'll be at the beach in the ocean, meditating, journaling, and really grounding, absorbing the sunlight, and um, just giving space to receive insights and intuition Um, but drinking lots of water and just recognizing that you are integrating a whole um a whole lot of energy powerful energy coming to the earth that day and um so if you feel a bit off then you can know that that's what that is and just really um focus on taking care of yourself grounding and um, drinking a lot of water during that time as well
2: Mm, yes that is so beautiful like you know we've spoken about in the past even when you know you have these specific full moons or new moons or maybe something particular is happening even in in your natal astrology um and something so powerful like this lion's gate to just again kind of like step into you know what we're talking about at the start with cancer season embrace those emotions just feel look after yourself um you know Claire and I were speaking about before this podcast that I can't share all the details but mm-hmm. I did manifest something really crazy it was the 8th of the 8th of 2021 I remember I was in Croatia in an Airbnb by myself by the water And I just manifested the wildest things that you just think, how could that possibly happen so quickly and just so out of the ordinary? Um, But it did, and I'm very grateful for it. And so, um, you know, I think it's because I really did what you just said. Like, I was in beautiful Croatia in a beautiful Airbnb, water around me, just really spent the days with myself. I remember just clearing my whole schedule. I was like, not going to talk to anybody this day. Nobody text me, call me. I won't be answering D and D on. And just just felt into it. And yeah. manifestation is real, ladies and gentlemen. Use use the powers of this beautiful earth and all the stars and the planets that God has given us to, to our advantage. Yeah,
1: yeah, you're part of creation. You're part of God's creation, and I think that's the thing with modern life is that we've become so disconnected from that. And it's, um, you know, realigning, realigning with that. And yes, sometimes when these big powerful energy shifts happen or these big energy influxes happen, we expect to feel like on top of the world. But sometimes it's actually feels exhausting or, you know, again, headaches or something like that. But just lean into that, like, and integrate it and bring in that power. Like, it's about Lionsgate. It's really powerful. And it's reminding, it's, like, infusing you with the power of the universe, you know? Infusing you with God's power. Oh, I just got chills as you said that. That's so powerful. And you tapped into that, like, in Lionsgate 2021, you know, like, you tapped into that. And, um, I mean, I'd love to live in line with that every day, but I'm human and I don't. And, um, you know, we all like, are human. Yeah. You know, that's the, that's the goal. And so it's like really channeling those, those energies and, and those shifts.
2: So beautiful.
1: Mm-hmm. Well,
2: I would say happy full moon yeah. to us all. Happy super moon in aquarius happy
1: venus retrograde happy lionsgate portal happy leo season so much and Uh, happy birthday uh, to me and happy
2: birthday (laughs) corinne yes
1: happy birthday happy happy birthday have a beautiful one and we'll see you all in a couple of a couple of weeks peace love and bitcoin
2: peace love and bitcoin
0: Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Bitcoin Zodiac podcast. We hope you enjoyed our discussions about the evolution of Bitcoin viewed through the lens of financial astrology. This podcast does not offer financial advice, so please make sure you do your own research. And stay tuned for our next episode where we will continue to dive deeper and build off these perception-expanding topics. Remember, whatever your beliefs may be, We all have something to learn from each other, so stay curious, stay open-minded, and keep exploring the world of Bitcoin and astrology. As always, may the stars align in your favor and your crypto investments prosper. Until next time, peace, love, and Bitcoin.